Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Ahoy there, ladies and germs, and welcome back to the podcast. Say, the Start Spangler wanted me to remind you that Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast puts the disco back in disconnected from reality. So this week we're going to talk about three different, in particular, thrift shop pieces, things that were found in a thrift shop or indirectly found their way back to me from having originated from spending some time in a thrift shop, and I churched them up a little bit. It's no secret that I like to get a lot of my stuff from the thrift stores, and uh, I'd say it's not exclusively my my entire deal, but I'd say it's probably a good 60 to 70% of the stuff that I work on. So the media this week is going to be fairly unique in terms of we have a sculpture slash statue, however you want to say it. We have a tin wall hanging, and then we also have a ceramic wall relief, also a hanging. And they were a lot of fun to work on. Each one of them was a little bit different and uh, worked on these all throughout the course of, of the early winter and springtime and uh, wanted to share them with you. So why don't we get started and we'll talk about that first piece. So the first piece that we're going to talk about today is very interesting. It's a piece of very tacky home decor, which is typically right up my alley. I love tacky stuff. It's just more fun that way. This, though, however, I'm not sure exactly where it comes from originally. There were no manufacturer markings on it as such, but I'm going to guess it's probably something like of a, of a 70s or an 80s type decor, uh, not in the style of that era, but I feel like it was probably produced that time. I can I can visualize this in someone's home during that era. And so it's it's a tin piece. It's a tin wall hanging. And it's not like something you would see today where you see like tin signs kind of reproduced and, and printed on tin to kind of give that old time look. This is actually, it's, it's octagon in shape. It has rounded corners and it actually has multi layers and dimensions to it because the octagon frame itself is raised. It actually is a, like a built-in frame. It's a one solid co- cohesive piece, but um, it's just very interesting because it's it's just one big piece of tin. 
Okay, I've talked way too much already about just the, the shape of it. So it's a picture of a little girl, um, probably Victorian era child, white dress, big, big white dress, great big bonnet, and just very simple, kind of holding her hands together. No real background in terms of a specific scene, just some, some basic shades of blues and grays. And it's just very simple. Um, my sister had this in her apartment when I was visiting. We were walking through and she was showing us around and it caught my eye. It was actually part of a set. And I, I churched up the, the, the set, the pair, um, but I'll save the other one for another episode because that's, that's a whole different level. But um, I saw that and I'm like, oh, wow, those are cool. And she's like, you want them? And I said, uh, yeah, but I'm just going to destroy them. And she's like, that's fine. And I'm like, you want them back when I'm done? She's like, no. So here they are. Here this one is, at least. And so what I did was I basically made this into a, a little monster child. I, I didn't really do a whole lot with the background. I more or less left it as it was, uh, with the exception of fire. There are flames and fire all around. She's golfing in flames. For anybody who's ever watched Trailer Park Boys, you'll know that that's a Trailer Park Boys reference. The trailer was golfing in flames. Um, this is just, there's fire, there's shades of yellows and reds and oranges, and, and it's, it's just fun. Just, just a, a blaze. Um, and then I kind of enhanced her, her garments, her dress, her bonnet. I, I kind of just like continued to paint over top of them, but within the same color scheme. But what I did with her is I just made her into a little ghoul. The coolest of ghouls. Um, she's basically like a, a lime green complexion, uh, with different shades of highlights and, and shadows, um, of greens. And then her hair is a very, very dark, almost, uh, maroon in color with other shades of, of reds and pinks to kind of highlight and low light those, uh, her her mouth has some red lips and she's got some very scattered teeth. Um, some might call them summer teeth, like because some are here and some are there. And then uh, her eyes are just like a, a glowing red. And that's it. That's the piece. I mean, it's very, she's just kind of like creepy, just kind of posed and just a little ghoul. Um, yeah, a little ghoul. So... I finished this piece on uh, 15 April of 23, and the dimensions are roughly 12 inch, 12 inches across, and it's it's essentially square. Um, but yeah, that's that's the jam. I can't wait to talk about the other one, but uh, I'm going to do that with a very reoccurring theme uh, of a series of pieces in in a future episode. But it, it's fun. Uh, yeah, so. You know, I forget sometimes that we've got three pieces to talk about here. I've already kind of flapped my gums a little bit, but I, not to brag or anything, but like I can actually forget about what I'm doing, like while I'm doing it. So um, before I forget, 
or delay any further, let's talk about uh, the second piece. By the by, I failed to mention that my sister actually acquired those tin pieces from a thrift shop. That kind of defeats the point of having a an exclusively thrift shop episode and not mention the origin of where she acquired it. So there's that. Tie-in. Okay, so the second piece that we have is uh, a little ceramic statue um, that I sculpted over, and it stands roughly about 12 inches high, and it is of the nativity of Mary, Joseph, and little baby Obi-Wan. And so remember, I have the disclaimer, if you get butthurt or offended, uh, don't forget, I already warned you. So this is a piece that is not uh, blasphemous in any way, shape, or form in my eyes, but my eyes are the only ones that I'm looking through. These uh, figures were combined into just one, one piece. It was just one solid statue, little tabletop uh, display here. But I simply used it as the foundation. In no way, until you actually compare the before and after pictures, would you assume that this is what it is. You could maybe eventually kind of figure it out, but overall, it wouldn't even resemble what it started as. And so I used it, like I said, as the foundation, but I, I turned everybody that was originally in place into some monsters, into some aliens. I'm not sure which, doesn't matter. I just kind of went with it. So um, it, what once was three people in this statue is now two, I'll, I'll call them, I'll say one's an alien, one's a monster because it works. It's something that you would see in the Star Wars cantina. Let me put it that way. But I, I kind of made them up as I was going. And I'll start with Joseph, or I'll, I'll say the male figure, because I don't know if that actually was Joseph. Maybe maybe it was a stunt double. Who knows? But um, I kept the body the same. And what I did was I sculpted over the head to give him a, a monstrous look. I turned him into a cyclops. He's got one great big eye, great big nose. Uh, I've got three sharp horns on his head. Um, two towards the, the back of his skull and then one right above the one eye. And then he's got long golden locks of hair that kind of droop down uh, on either side of his face and then kind of uh, over his shoulders as well. And then on each of his shoulders, I actually have a couple of, of, of uh, spikes or horns like coming out of his shoulders, some spiked uh, you know shoulder pieces there. And his skin complexion for his head, his face, his horns, and even his hands are all red. Uh, I sculpted a, a chin over his uh, pre-existing, what was a beard originally, and just created a, recreated a mouth and some, some teeth. And he's just kind of standing there with his, his hands um, on the structure that the other creature is sitting on. And the other creature, I basically sculpted over top of what was the the manger 
which was just like a little uh, wooden structure with the hay and everything. And I basically draped everything with the monolite clay that I was using to, to sculpt with. And I made it almost like this person or this creature has to sit on something almost like a, very similar in style to like what Jabba the Hutt's throne would look like, where it's just kind of a sprawling character. And both people or both of these figures are wearing like long robe cloak type things, stuff that you would see in Star Wars. And the person that's sitting on the, on the, whatever it is, this structure, that was, that remains in place, but it's um, blue in nature. I sculpted so that there's a very prominent uh, set of ears and then a spiked kind of a, a spiked, almost like a mohawk down the middle of its of its head with some scales on the back. And then it has really very distinct formed eyebrows around its eyes and a very kind of a short trunk snout. Now I sculpted tentacles over the shoulder area. There are two tentacles that it is actually eating. It looks like it's feeding itself. And then there are two more that are sculpted right onto the body. And then another two at the bottom of the robe that are protruding and indicate that it has multiple tentacles where it's just all over the place. But everything is draped by the robe. And so you can only see like certain forms and creases. Now there's food everywhere. It has native food, whatever it may be, whether it's fruit. There's a, a piece on here that looks almost like a little cornucopia. And there are what look like crescent rolls and fruit. And those are done in shades of, of green and cream colors. And it's just making a mess. The thing is, like I said, it's blue with black dots and tentacles. And, and it's just, there's green ooze kind of dripping from its mouth. It's a messy eater. And that's kind of the deal. Like I said, you'll, you'll see better in the pictures. But it was a lot of fun to work on. I finished this on 11 March of 23. And like I said, I, I sculpted a lot of it. And it didn't always go as planned. I used um, some pipe cleaners to help create the form, especially with the horns on the Cyclops head. And then also with the tentacles that are kind of feeding into the... the uh, the trunk person here, but um, yeah, it was fun. And it like, it, it took on many different forms before it's actual final uh, piece here. And so the, the robes themselves are browns and, and different shades uh, of those colors. And then as I always do with any sculpture, especially if I, I sculpt with the model like synthetic clay, I will glaze over it once hardened with a polyurethane so that it not only protects with a very um, shiny but protective coat, but it also helps to harden and preserve the material that I worked with. So that was, that was fun. It was cool. And again, like looking at it, you may not know right away what its original form was, but um, yeah, like I said, it could, it could very much easily 
find a home in the Star Wars cantina. The price tag on the bottom of the sculpture is still there, and it's a goodwill price tag. It was marked originally at $2.99, and I'm pretty sure that I got it on a Sunday, which means Sundays certain colors are a dollar, so I got that Joker for a buck. Well, this next one I also got for a buck, also at the Goodwill, originally marked $2.99 as well, but played the deal. I had seen it before and I passed on it and I wish I hadn't, but then I came back and it was still there. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. This one's kind of cool too. It's very unique as well. I couldn't find any markings on it either. And I'm not really sure what to think about as far as when it may have been made. But it's a ceramic piece and it's a wall relief. It's roughly almost 11 inches tall and about 10 inches across. And it looks like a very intricate and fancy oval frame. And then on the inside where the glass would be or where a picture would be is just like a, a ceramic woman that is dressed in a Victorian style, kind of holding her dress up, very flowing gown, and she's just kind of there. There was nothing behind her. It was just a black background and it was just a, a relief that's kind of three-dimensional kind of coming out of the piece and it's that's it it was the frame itself is more intricate than the the subject of the the entire piece itself and so i thought man this is cool but what a lost opportunity this could be so much more and now it is so what i did with it was completely painted the background into a background because before it was just black now it's a spooky haunted graveyard it's a nasty old looking cemetery with decrepit headstones uh, just that are all either just misshapen or kind of fallen over. There's some rolling hills in the background, a very dark sky with a, with a very prominent yellow moon. There's a lot of mist and you can see that the, the cemetery just kind of goes back into the distance. And so there are some very uh, large larger headstones towards the front of the piece and some silhouetted um, spooky looking trees and branches. Now the woman herself, uh, I churched up a little bit to look like she had been bitten and is now a zombie. So her skin is green. She's got a little bit of blood trickling out of her mouth and down her neck, but her dress is very dirty. There's a lot of, of brown and black uh, dirt and marks on her dress. I've repainted her dress to be teal in color with some very vibrant pink ruffles around her sleeves and some gold trim on some of the more uh, detailed embellishments. But she's got very curly, uh, her hair is worn up and it's, there's a lot of curls and locks. And it's just, she looks like she's running through the cemetery carrying her dress, but at this point she's already turned and it's a little too late now. But um, aside from the actual painting of the, the cemetery scene and her running through it, the frame itself has three or four different layers of ovals. And the far exterior layer is very textured and detailed, almost what look like chain links. And so I, I gave it a, a 
a black coat and then a very fine um, gold and bronze dry brush technique over top of it to help really draw out those details. And then on the very inner layer, it's just a very thin, almost like a, a lace beaded type trim around the middle um, of the oval. And so it's a very fancy, I guess, looking frame, all things considered. And now it's got a very classy graveyard zombie scene, almost like something you might see out of Pride and Prejudice in Zombies. So yeah, I got this one for a buck and uh, finished it on 4 January of 23, and it was a lot of fun. And I get that. I say that a lot. I say, well, that, that piece was fun. Oh, this was that was a lot of fun. Well, the thing is, um, Bob Ross had said it best, and I, I'm going to quote him often, and I don't have these quotes memorized. I, I come across them, and I find them, or I'll, I'll hear them as I watch him. But he says, there's enough unhappy things in this world. Painting should be one of those things that brightens your day. And it does. I find that I'm actually among uh, the happiest when I'm painting or when I'm thinking about it. Uh, it's hard when I'm not actually doing something and I get an idea and I can't stop everything that I'm doing to, to work on it right then and there. And so like I actually, a feeling will come over me and I, I can't really describe it, but it's, um, it's unlike anything else I've ever felt. It's just going to be one of those things that when I get an idea and I want to pursue it, I get so excited about it and I can see it in my mind and I can, I can visualize how it would, how it would manifest into whatever it is that I'm doing. And I try to at least write down ideas or write down the notes or something so that I don't lose the thought or I don't lose the concept. And, um, like I've said before, I've got a whole bunch of stuff like at the ready where I'll find something or I'll see something and I'll get it and I'll save it for when I have time to work on it. But there's really nothing like getting that idea right then and there on the spot and being able to just like chase after it. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.